Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, and welcome to the Oregon Employment First podcast. I'm Angela Yeager with Employment First. This episode, we are discussing LifeCourse, a tool to help individuals and families of all abilities and all ages develop a vision for a good life, think about what they need to know and do, identify how to find or develop supports, and discover what it takes to live the lives that they want. Joining me today is Riley Newport, Communications Director with the Oregon Council on Developmental Disabilities, and Nick Casa, a self-advocate who has worked for organizations including Full Access and the Arc of Lane County. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Okay, so I thought I'd start off just to kind of help frame this for our audience, Riley, by asking what exactly is Life Course? So Life Course is an approach that helps give us a way to plan and build a vision for people's lives. This could be for our own lives, for the people that we support. Often in my role in the past as a job coach, doing supports related to people's employment, and then now often working with self-advocates and family members related to building a vision, I hear two things. The first thing is how to better understand the services that are available, and then two, to how to advocate for what you want. So people want to figure out how they can clearly articulate the vision they have in their life, and then um, just being able to understand the supports there. So Life Course gives us a really good way to help people build a vision for their life, what we're going to talk about today, how to avoid what they don't want. So it's a really good approach to supporting people to have conversations. That's what I want to talk about today, is just how to how to have those conversations based on the strengths of people and how supports can really support your vision that you have in your life. Yeah, so it is a tool, is that correct? Is it a, a web-based tool or sort of give people an idea of what it is exactly? So I often say it's an approach, but there are elements and tools that you can use to help people plan within the service planning process. So there are um, a few tools that we wanted to share here today. One is a trajectory that helps you outline what you want and what you don't want with the idea that most people plan for two things. They plan in their lives to keep things meticulously the same as they were or to change them drastically. We don't often plan when we're just fine. We, we plan when we want to keep things as they are or if they change. Mm-hmm. So when people come into a system like the Developmental Disability Service System, they're often in crisis and, or they're confused or um, they're driven into a, a pretty intense service life sometimes. And we want to talk about how supports that Life Course um, shares, like the Integrated Support Star, one of the tools they have, is about building supports beyond just DD service system. That's mm-hmm. one of the elements that helps you have a good life but there are many other supports that all of us use. And LifeCourse doesn't approach natural supports as one is natural and one is unnatural, which we would say um, there's no such thing as an unnatural support. It's all a support. It's all a support. So um, LifeCourse outlines the variety of supports someone has in their lives. Okay. Well, I think that's a great introduction. How about we kind of jump in? Maybe you want to jump in, Riley, so we can kind of give people a framework for how this, this actually works in the real world. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So I want to start with asking Nick a few questions. So Nick, could you share an experience of a time when you supported someone to build a vision for their life or the life of their family member? Yeah, so I meet with a group of um, retired gentlemen every day, every morning for coffee. 
and um, one of the one of these gentlemen who was actually was actually still working, um, his coworker had a daughter who had just become eligible for services, but um, this mother was very concerned about she's getting older, what services and supports are available and what um what kind of life can i expect um as a mother that wants the best for her child wants the best for her daughter but realizes that she is getting older and she's not always going to be around hmm. um so we discussed the trajectory of life and all the services and supports that are available and what i find interesting is the concept of life um, of life course when you're discussing it the concept is always there but people don't know you know people may not understand that 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 there is actually a concept that they're actually talking about so yeah so yeah when nick and i talk about life course <clears throat> it is something to support what we're often already doing. It's what good job coaching looks like, good job development looks like, where you are building on people's strengths, their personal skills, their community relationships, and helping them build a vision for what they want, helping them avoid what they don't want. So I like that example, and I'm hoping we can use Nick sharing a little bit of your own life now. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about what you want for your life. That is a very broad question when you think about it. But um, one of the things that I want for my life is to um, be as independent as possible while realizing if I need supports, they're there. So, um, and when I when I think of a full vision for myself, I think of um, full-time employment. And I think of um, being able to support myself financially, um, being able to some at some point live on my own. I currently still live with my mom, but at some point being able to live on my own and stuff like that. That's a great example. Yeah. So on the other side of that life course, this trajectory tool that we use, you talk about the vision you have, what you mm -hmm. want. So what do you not want in your life? What do you want to avoid? I want to, the one thing I really want to avoid is having a life that isn't based on my preferences and choices. So having someone else make a vision for my life as it is. I want to be able to be in the driver, be in the drive, um, the driving seat, seat, so to speak. So. so something you don't want is people making decisions for you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Do you work in Oregon's developmental disabilities field and need short, informative ways to stay up to date on the latest policies, trends, and news? Tune in to the Oregon Employment First podcast on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Policy experts, as well as case managers and vocational rehabilitation counselors, will be presenting information and news you can use. I'd like to look back and how you were able to, so building this vision you have now for the future, full-time employment, mm -hmm. in order to get there, you had to have some past experiences mm -hmm. that made that a reality. So part of the this life course planning tool, we look at what your past experiences were to see what fits in getting you to where you want to be and what, what you want to avoid in the past. So I'd like to ask you, um, how do you get your first job? How did that come about? So my first job came about, um, there's a local 
disability awareness campaign in the Eugene Springfield area where I live and it's called Look Me in the Eye and it's put on by Full Access and Earns for the Living program and the whole point of Look Me in the Eye is to um, break down barriers between people with disabilities and the communities in which they live. So I went in for a commercial. I thought I was just going to be an extra on a commercial. And we had a local um, former newscaster who was the spokesman at the time and thought I was going in for just a regular commercial. And he's like, I want to interview you. Hmm. And I'd never been asked to be interviewed whatsoever. And um, I said, cool, you know, I'll, let me look at my schedule. And, and No, you don't understand. I want to interview you now, right here in the middle of everything. And I was like, okay. So first time I'm doing this, even heard of this campaign really, was this commercial. And he goes, what does looking in the eye mean to you? Um, and that that one interview, so to speak, led into presentations to schools, high schools, middle schools, grade schools, um, until one day I got a call from Full Access and the then CEO, Margaret Thyssen, and she goes, I have a um, part-time customer service position on Friday mornings from 8.30 to 12.30. And she goes, if you want it, it's you can have it. And um, used for that first position, I had never even heard of vocational rehabilitation. She had um, said, we'll get you set up. It'll be perfect. We can get you a job coach. We can get you any kind of technology you would need to do the job. And so I'm thinking, this is a whirlwind, but I'm just going to go with it because I have no idea what this is. Um, got me a job coach. Got me a headset so I could answer the phone um, hands-free. And did that for about a year. And the job kind of went from answering phones 8.30 to 12.30 on Friday mornings to becoming brokerage ambassador and in that type of position, I was meeting with families um, to talk about the services and the supports offered by brokerage. And I'd still be going to schools and doing presentations and stuff like that. So, And how old were you at that time, Nick? The first job, I was 20 when I started there. Okay. And I was there for about four years. So, <clears throat> Wondering if you could um, talk about why you wanted to work. So maybe even before this job, but in general... Um, before this initial job, why did you want to work? So I think, you know, the big thing with that is I was like any general 18 to 20 year old, you know, you want to make money. And that was the, that was the driving force then. Um, so you weren't totally even sure of what you wanted to do. You just really, knew you wanted to make money, right? I had, right. And I had, I had done a couple of volunteerships, the DHS office, um, things like that. And I did like working in the um, DHS. So I knew that working with people is what I wanted to do, but I wasn't sure exactly how I wanted to do that. And I know a lot of the work you do now is as a peer support, where mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of that phrase that high expectations breed high expectations. 
I'm wondering who had that high expectation, or it shouldn't even be in high expectation. It should just be a norm that people expected that you would work and have a job. Who? How do you think that became uh, expectation for you in your life? Honestly, I think I just got to the point personally where I wanted to, I knew I wanted to work, and I knew that I didn't just want to do like sit around and, you know, I wanted to be active and I wanted to be doing something. So that was the drive to always just want to work and always want to just do that. So Within <clears throat> some of these past experiences, mm -hmm. what were some things you wanted to avoid in the future? I think my big thing with all these past experiences is I wanted to, I think working in this field and also receiving services, you kind of get a um, a mixed reaction from people where you, you, where people still see you as the, they still see you as the client and not the constant professional. And I, and I've always, and so working in this field, the one thing I always wanted people to see and the one thing I've always wanted people, wanted to avoid was being that, yeah, Nick works for us, but he's a client. I wanted to be seen and I've wanted to be seen as that constant professional that, yes, receives services, but I also um, work in this field and I understand it. So with the next part of the trajectory, we've we've talked a little bit about what, what your vision is now mm -hmm. and for your life and what some of those experiences were in the past to help you get there, some of the skills you've built and the fears you've had. Um, could I ask you a little bit about your future and what you want for your future? Mm -hmm. I would say future on a personal level is, um, I'm going to go two ways with this. So future on a personal level, I would say the house I currently live in is, it's workable, but it's not 100% accessible. And I think finding that 100% accessibility unless you have a whole bunch of money to put into something it's not necessarily there and so um it's not already it's not necessarily already designed so my hope at one point would to be would be finding a piece of land and actually building a house that works for me completely 100% of the time um professionally I've said this before, I've said on both sides of the table where I've seen, you know, what the the good parts of the system as someone working in it, and as a client, the not so good parts of the system. And so my end all be all, if I was to retire, and I do plan to retire from this field, is to be a um, one of the big, I guess you'd say decision makers in DD services because I think it really says something if you can say I see it from both sides I've I've lived it and I've worked it and I understand how it works and to be on that side of the table where you work with a whole bunch of people that can make those decisions and be a part of that discussion I think that's it's even more valuable if you've lived it and worked it so and you've you've talked about this a little bit, but mm -hmm. what you want to avoid in the future? The biggest thing is, one, 
having a life that I didn't, this is what I want to avoid, having a life that I didn't choose, that I didn't, you know, imagine for myself. And two, um, for employment-wise, I'm going to reiterate this, but just not being seen is that um, professional and being seen more as the client. That is definitely what I want to avoid. That perception that people Mm -hmm. with disabilities are not always valued as professionals in the field that concerns them. Have you heard about Employment Outcome System? Doesn't sound exciting, I know, but it is. The Employment Outcome System, or EOS website, puts you in control. Go to OregonEOS.org and you can look at info and outcomes for agencies providing employment services to people with developmental disabilities in Oregon. You can look up providers in your county and compare their numbers on employment services. So I want to ask you a few questions using another life course tool, the Integrated Support Star. So that's going to move us into how you achieve this vision, what you want for your life. First off, what technology do you use to be successful in your life? So I have, um, I use things like Dragon Naturally Speaking to send all my emails and note-taking. I um, I use an on-screen um, screen reader so I can put a book right underneath and it'll blow up the pages so I can see it. It'll actually read it back to me if I need it. And so technology like that. Another piece is um, as small as it may seem, but our cell phones, the technology in a cell phone to your virtual assistants, to your series, to your Googles. I mean, that's been really helpful to me for like scheduling appointments and calendar updates and stuff like that. Another support is just your personal skills and strengths. What What do you think that you're really good at? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I'm good at talking and advocating for myself. And the talking thing, yeah. And personable. I mean, you you go to the coffee group. That's mm-hmm. how you built a connection. You and I grab beers sometimes yeah. when I'm in Eugene or when we're at a work thing yeah. afterwards. And you've got good relationships with people. You're very, yeah. You're on a podcast for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, this speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> what are some re- relationships that help you in your life? I think in a personal level, my... Family is really big to me, and especially my mom. She, um, she goes beyond the call of duty when it comes to helping me just live a day-to-day life. Um, professionally, I've built a lot of relationships with our community partners, not just you know in my in my community, but state as well. That if I had any questions about what should I do, next steps for my career and stuff like that. I could reach out to people like Margaret Thyssen and um, Gretchen Doobie of OSLP and know that they um, will not only give me advice, but good advice that I can use. And What developmental disability specific services do you use in your job? Um... Currently, VR, and I also have a brokerage uh, brokerage personal agent. And uh, last part of this, integrated support star. Mm-hmm. This one of these tools, a life course framework. What community-based services do you use? The transit system, the bus system. So the transit system is a big piece of my getting around. I use it every day. 
Um, so I'd say LTD is the one big one. And Lane LTD is Lane Lane Transit District. Okay, great, no problem. <clears throat> so um, I'm curious for both of you to discuss a little bit why it's important um, for people with disabilities to have a variety of different supports to succeed in their employment goals. You've both talked about, I mean, through your conversation, I'm hearing there's, there's just all these different supports. And as you brought up, Riley, it's not natural or unnatural. It's just all supports, right, that are available. Um, and it's a big variety, Nick, that you've kind of talked about yeah. during the course of this. I, I think one of the things that Nick highlights when he talks about the supports in his life goes back to what we talked about earlier, about the, the mother who's aging, wondering what the future looked like for her daughter. The issue at times with that example is her daughter's relying really heavily on personal relationships, mm -hmm. which can happen with Nick yeah. too. You can lean heavy on family. A lot of people have that experience. Other people have very strong supports specifically related to developmental disability services and those that they're eligible for. If you don't have a rich life of supports, if one thing changes in your life, like a family member gets older or passes away, you're in crisis. If you lose eligibility or something changes with the services, you're in crisis. It's good to have a variety of supports in your life. So if something changes, you can lean on the others and amplify the others. I'd say some of your personal skills amplify your ability to access, you know, community-based supports, yeah. which everybody can access. Your, um, you have a lot of strengths that we just mentioned that support you in your job, and they all play on each other. And we're not saying one is natural and one is unnatural. We're saying developmental disability services play a big role in helping you succeed, but it's not the only thing. Same thing with job development. There's not one thing. It's not that support that sometimes might alienate you from a community. It's trying to figure out how that can support you to be more embedded within it. Do you think that's sort really of... Really just nails on the head. We don't even need for that. Well, we, we talked no. about this. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I, I totally 100% agree with that. You know, and I think having a good mix of of those personal relationships mixed in with your services and supports, you need that. So one is not, if those personal relationships are not there, you have these supports to fall back on if needed. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And so what's coming up for you next, Nick, in terms of... Uh things you're working on. You're, you mentioned you're continuing to do presentations. Mm -hmm. You're you're obviously here on the podcast, but what other what other things are coming up for you? So I've very soon I've got some projects with Riley and the DD Council. And so I'm looking forward to that. So and the projects are um, all based around the life course framework. So right. yeah. So you're going to soon have the title of Life Course Guru or something like that. <laughs> that you can put there. <laughs> so, okay, well, thank you both so much for joining today. This was a great conversation. I hope this helps people. A lot of what it seemed like we covered is really having a conversation with folks, but that this that the Life Course Framework is just helps to guide you through these conversations to make it very person-centered. Yeah, that's, that's what we wanted to do today. Nick volunteered but he's also an expert in life course and uh -huh. supports other people often in the role that you've served professionally and personally and i as well do things like that so i'm glad that we were able to have this conversation talk about your role so thanks Thank for you.
Yeah, thank you both again. Um, and Riley, to um, end the show here, is there a place people could go for more information online? Yeah, there's lifecoursetools.org, I believe. That's okay. a great option to find out more information. You can find out more information on the Oregon Council on Developmental Disabilities website, ocdd.org. We have a looking for support section that will direct you to questions based on the life course tools. And the life course tools, it's really just an approach to have conversations like this, where you focus on strengths and people's um, what people are good at, what they want for their life, and what they don't want. So a lot awesome. of what we just talked about today and those same questions on our website are based on the, the specific age that you're within. Mm -hmm. So if you are an aging parent, maybe you're looking at, at that. What do you do as you get older and you have a child that has a disability? Or if you're a person with a disability, what are some ways you could maybe have a conversation about guardianship or alternatives to that or um, employment? It's not specific to one area. The idea of a good life. The whole, yeah. Right. All those aspects of your life, which might include employment, but that's just one piece. Yeah. yeah employment is one yeah. very important part of that. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Well, we'll also post those links to the both of those websites um, on the podcast as well. Thank you so much, Nick and mm -hmm. Riley, for being with us today. Again, this has been the Employment First podcast, and thank you for joining us.